0: so here we go wow my goodness guys what a day it's even starting okay i think we're starting now okay good afternoon everyone moose good afternoon good seeing you sorry i'm slightly tardy guys um chicago's in the house good seeing you um as you can see there's a beautiful ap2 on the dyno and uh i was it, so i was slightly tardy so i you, you guys can you can blame chuck you can blame him. <laughs> oh, Tech Tuesday. Yes, Fast Money. Good seeing you. Alfie, your package came in. Thank you so much. Yes, um, Kevin, I was tuning. And that's why I couldn't even respond to you very quickly, you know? I come Diamonds. Interesting. Good seeing you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Tony, Tony. Ah, oh, Tony with a cool BMW. Good seeing you as well. Hello, guys. Sorry about the noise in the background. It's busy back here in the back at the shop have the dyno cell and the wagons right behind me and I have somebody or a cars around me. I have an M96 engine that we're building for a center seat this year which is pretty cool. Thank you Kevin for your understanding. Hello Sean Roy. I'm taking a protein shake because I'm so hungry. <laughs> Good to see you as well Spoon 81. Yep, busy at is Mark 5 here um, with a flex fuel setup on K-Tuner on an AP2 supercharged so it's pretty cool. Um, Kevin, I'm waiting for a part from the UK. If it comes in tomorrow, yes, we're going to send it. If it doesn't come in, it has to be next week Thursday. So, and that's for the wagon. So, what I'm doing, guys, in the wagon is, I've been doing a lot of testing of the wagon with sequential gearbox by letting off the throttle. And now I have ordered a strain gauge to put on there to have some fun. Alan, hello, good seeing you. two thousand or ninety seven Type R? Hmm. Those are both very good setups. I don't speak French. Vous parlez-vous Francais? No. <laughs> thank you so much, the Odyssey is right behind. So let me see if I can grab you guys. You guys can see it on on YouTube, and thank you so much for joining me and all the podcast guys as well. But the Odyssey is right there. So you can see the Odyssey, is right there. Jim, Genghis Khan, good seeing you. Hello as well. Good seeing all of you. Yeah, not so bad at all, not so bad. So thank you so much for joining me today. Um, Am I building the new Civic Type R? No. I was just talking to Albert, who's pulling the car for dyno right now. Um, Honda wouldn't let me modify a Type R for a year. It's kind of weird. But I have a Veloster N that comes in today that I'm going to build like crazy like a Type R competitor. It's cool, you know? Off-topic question, what languages does BC speak? I speak English, obviously. I speak Igbo, which is my native tongue. And Patois, or some people call it broken English as well. So I speak those three languages. If Patois is considered a language. It has a lot of English in it, which is pretty interesting. But yeah, I speak three languages. Two and a half. How's that? So thanks for asking. Okay, sounds good, Kevin. I'll let you know if I go to track. Hmm. That was fun. So this has been a busy week. Oh, thank you so much. Appreciate that, Odyssey oh, gang, Audi oh, gang. Hey, Hetty. good seeing you. I'll be over there to pick you up soon gonna so go to that crazy event uh, out in L.A. Type R 1500 horsepower, that'd be pretty crazy. And you know what's crazy? I think the K20C has capability, by all means, you know? Um, oh, things, things, there you have it. You know, oh, you didn't mean the track. Ooh. What are the pros and cons of owning a race team like Papadakis Drift? Pros are you have the opportunity, if done right, to make lots of resources and to really... Make a career out of what you love. There's good money into drifting, there's good money into representing a manufacturer. There's an opportunity, if you so enjoy, to create products with new cars. One thing I like about Steph is he does a smashing job in being able to take a new car like us and create bespoke parts for them. Now, he doesn't make his parts available to the public like we do, but it's a very enjoyable process to take something rapid prototype, like you know, I've been doing a lot of rapid prototyping this week. This is a, a fan, a Porsche fan I want to play around with, and I have another pitch fan that's being printed right now with a different bank count. I'm configuration to change the flow rate and air noise. So that being said, rapid prototyping and prototyping products are very, very exciting indeed. The cons are it can be very stressful. It's a lot of travel, a lot of stress. If things don't go well, it's a challenge. If you have time constraints, it can be a lot of challenges. And plus, you're in the beautiful part of competition, which can be very exciting, but also very dangerous as well um, in terms of safety, in terms of your well-being instead of your, your mental state. So it depends. So th- there are many benefits, but I, in my opinion, owning a team and doing well, the benefits outweigh the risks. Benefits outweigh the, the pros outweigh the cons, you know? S4Quattro says, love what you and your team have done. Inspiration, thank you so much S4Quattro. And you, you're right, everything I've done here is not a BC thing, it's not me. You see the BC model, turbo is just out. I. It's a whole team. Albert's there taking the vehicle off the dyno. Lindsay's up front, head is site. Duran's outside, Aaron's outside, Andy's somewhere running around. Kevin helps us tremendously as well. Sam is, you know, Riverside, and it's just my team, without my team, I'm nothing, you know? 3D printed turbo, you know what? I have a 3D printed, two 3D printed wheels, billet wheels up front. Should grab them, you know? Oh, Master Day, I wish I knew what to say. I think you're speaking Brazilian, but I don't speak that, you know? Thoughts on BMW N54? Lots of opportunity. I, I I expected more from tuners with that engine. I think it has tons of potential. I think the surface is very scratched with the application, you know? In your profession, I guess Marco Actors asking, what up, in your professional opinion, do air code air intakes work from experience? Yes, they do. Well-designed ones work, not just any code air, but well-designed ones. So I've been very privy to a lot of R&D with AEM intakes. As far back as the 90s. And that stuff works. Manufacturers have a lot of restrictions in place for flow, restrictions for noise, and all these things don't fare very well in terms of horsepower. These are a lot of horsepower and efficiency on the table. And think of the engine as a glorified pump. It takes energy to suck through and push out. So anything you can do on the suck through part, any restrictions you can remove from the intake in a very efficient manner without creating a lot of turbulent flow, anything you do to remove those restrictions creates more power that allows you to propel yourself further. And then if you can pull air from a different part of the engine compartment that's much cooler, by all means, that's better. Manufacturers have to not only make cars that have to appeal to a wide variety of audiences, but also, they have the daunting task of making things very cost effective. So that being said, when you have sheer economics of scale in place, sometimes you have to create compromises to make things happen. And with those compromises can come intake systems that are not very efficient. But as performance guys, enthusiasts, we want the best, so we hence tend to go with aftermarket intake. So a well-designed cold air can be well. A poorly designed one, especially with mass airflow sensors nowadays, those are those round map sensors that exist that allow us to meter meter fuel or meter air and then give appropriate amount of fuel with the ECU. If you size that orifice wrong in an air intake, your whole tune will go to crap. Now if you tune for it with a larger orifice, you make more power. But if you just throw it in and put it in intake, You may experience a loss of power like what the hell happened it's because the math environment the math aperture was not designed correctly that could be a problem ah sam bernino in the house good seeing you ah tuning from from coraco corasso coraco coraco how do you say that properly thank you for joining us from across the pond really appreciate that da motorsports hello i'm it's time robert cars are coming in i have one sima car here i'm looking at another sima car that i'm looking at one in paint one arrived today it's that time for the crunch. I need your help, Robert. Let's make it happen. R. Garcia, good seeing you. TFT, Scott, good afternoon, sir. Thank you for joining us, indeed. Still love the F-Series pump. Thanks so much, David. Um, how to make, make 4G93s great? Well, I mean, 4G63, 93s? By building them with proper parts. That's the way to make them great and using tuning solutions that are ideal. Monday, I will be here. Well, no, no, no. Monday, I'm not here. So guys, here's the thing. I'm traveling to Miami next week. I'll be leaving late Sunday night. I come back Wednesday. And it falls right between my Tuesday. And I'm taking a class that allows me, yes, one thing about success is you have to keep learning. So for me, and for anyone who wants to be successful, education doesn't end when school ends. You want to continue to reinvent yourself and learn. So I'm learning, believe it or not, a new tuning solution that can help all of you especially those with practicing ECU. So I'll be gone in training in Miami for about three days, but in between my training, I will pull away. I will pull away from the environment for me to learn to come on board and talk to all of you, my family. So Tech Tuesday will continue next week, but instead of being here in Southern California, nice, sunny, warm, sweaty, Southern California, I will be in Miami, which is very humid, I believe, at this time of year, so I look forward to that. Seventeen Si, good seeing you. What do I think about the CA Corvette? Well, I use that as my render for today's show. Um, Brad did a good job in drawing that up with a BC Moto-inspired rear turbo setup. They have changed the game. I said that on previous Tech Tuesdays. Chevy has <laughs> American Muscle with a LT setup. Thank you, Kevin, for reminding me of that. Mid-engine. The interior is not bad at all, it's pretty, pretty cool. It's, it's actually the most, you know, I'm a big Viper guy, it's one of the most attractive American cars that exist. You know, the rear is not that great, but I'm, I see why they try to keep the whole Corvette C7, C65 legacy going in the C8. But man, a mid-engine, close to 500 horsepower, in factory form would, I mean, I can't wait to get my hands on this, you know? And I have the green light from Wifey to make it happen, so who knows? Maybe I get one here and make that, that render come true in a more visible fashion. That'd be the way to go. Yo, Club 55, Hundred, good seeing you. Snug Cup, good seeing you as well. Good afternoon, Disfit Moves. Um, how do you think other companies compete with the C8? Um, how do I think other companies do it? I think it's going to be Mark Five is asking. I think it's going to be a very competitive environment. I think we're going to have a ton of aftermarket support. Do you know that? in San Diego all the dealers have pretty much have all the allocations taken up there's one dealership that has 200 deposits one dealership 200 deposits i think as of last week i think the one in Montebello the Chevy dealer in Montebello had 80 i mean it's going to it's going to be it's going to be the next challenger charger it's going to be the next oh my god civic si or something you know um 17SI, I, I may join you with that. I think I'm going to join you with that excursion, and um, if you want to do some crazy experimentation, we can do it together. I'll do some stuff, try some stuff on your car, we'll have some fun, it'll be pretty cool, you know? Have you ever modified a G25A? No, I have not. The 5 cylinders weren't very popular platforms, but were, very, were discontinued fairly a while back ago, so no, I have not. Good evening, Fabian. Good seeing you. My shirt is six, says 570SX Nissan. Thank you so much. You can get some the store if you desire. It's my Turbos and Tuning T. Actually, this is my most popular shirt. After this, it's the Wagga shirt. it's pretty cool. Thank you so much for saying that, you know? Just started a new Super at a dealership in Dallas and it's going up, up for auction. The window pricing was 53, I believe it. There's a red one just pulled up here today. A lot of my friends have them, they're pretty cool. I, I like the new Supra. But it's kind of weird, the fact that there's in close proximity. Am I crazy to say that if I had a C8 and a Supra to choose from, I'd go with a C8? Scary, huh? Oh my god, well, I look forward to modding. And I know 17 Gen, anything you do will be pretty sick. Are you gonna get a red one? Get a red one, I get a blue one. We'll have some fun. You know? Oh, you got that shirt, I right think. Good, thank you so much for the support. Appreciate that. Gonna see some parts for the A90? Hell yeah. Albert, Albert, yes. my friends are asking, are we gonna see any A90 parts? Soon. Very soon, so it's happening. Yes, plenty. Okay. The plan for the 100th Tech Tuesday. Yeah, today's, this is the 92nd one, 92nd back-to-back. I would need to do something special. And Albert and I were just talking last week and he has some good ideas, which I think I'll implement. That'd be pretty cool. Um, how would the 3D parts uh, do abuse like that? The fan you're making, well, this is pretty robust. It's pretty, pretty robust. Now, I'll put it in I use ABS on this. And ABS is really resilient to heat. And the environment I'm putting in this would be fairly decent heat. So that being said, I mean, it's good for prototyping, for me testing, and the main thing for me to test this is to test the flow rate in the aperture I'm creating, and also the sound, which is very important to me as well, the sound and pitch. So I have two designs, one is here, and as you may have seen with my story last night, I'm printing another one, which should be done tomorrow. It took 45 hours to print this with a .4 millimeter nozzle. Long time, you know. So that being said, thanks for all the hots, guys. I can put it in service, but when it comes to something that I'll put in the field for clients, um, most likely it'll be either something CNC'd or casted. Jasron, thank you. Ant-Man is saying you're black. Yes, I am. I'm from Nigeria, West Africa. I am black. Hey, BC, I was one who sent the comment the other day about the E30 reimagined. Would you do off the top of your head? Very curious to know. What would I do? OK, so an E30, if I had one, I'd K-swap it. No, I'm kidding. Someone's even done that, which is pretty cool. I would modernize the original engine. I would infuse flex fuel. Um, I would boost it. I would incorporate drive by wire. And I'll try and keep the essence of the original E30. Make it very beautiful and very classic, where it's unassuming, almost like a classic, beautiful sleeper. Lower it appropriately with some nice wheels. Put it with some, wrap the wheels, and maybe get some nice 1552 custom wheels, wrap it in some R888s. It'll be really clean, no liveries, just really clean. I'll probably go with this same blue on my wagon and just make it very elegant. But the power, I'll probably make it something like a 700 to 800 horsepower setup on the factory engine. That'd be dope, you know? And let's swap. Why am I not surprised, Kevin? You'd say that, you know? Uh, why? <laughs> oh, Builder, KB, RL. Maybe I will. So many cars, so many times. Let's see, how many cars do I have here right in this room that are not finished yet? One, two. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I have ten cars in this room alone that I need to get to that aren't done yet. Hello, ladies, Matla. Good seeing you. I don't know if that's Sarah or a counterpart. Nonetheless, good seeing you as well. I had a good time at your facility. Uh, variable turbo on a sports car challenges. Okay, variable turbos are great. So what variable turbos do is very similar to for those of you who are Honda heads, VTEC where you can eat your cake and have it too. You can have low RPM boost and high RPM power. What it literally does is, the compressor wheel has a variable vein. The compressor is a cold side that pushes air into your engine. Not the exhaust side that's turbine, but the compressor side. And it simulates a small turbo when the veins are close together. So the veins are close together, simulates a small turbo, nice spool, nice air is being generated, but when that vein runs out of steam, for lack of a better word, the vein expands, now creates a larger, exducer and inducer ap- aperture and creates more flow and creates more power so it's like you have lower rpm flow higher rpm flow it's like having two turbos in one thank you so much LA Dismantler. oh chris good seeing you thank you so much the caveat as you can imagine they're moving parts there the compressor is heavier and if you have an opportunity where you try and push boost really far there are limitations to how far you can spin that it tends to up or disintegrate at very high rpms or speeds. so that being said um, I like the opportunity to I'm gonna have to say goodbye to our friend here and goodbye okay so that being said oh thank you so much have a good day as well good day good seeing you. so that being said what I tend to do when I get variable veins I leave them in place if it's something where, where I can stay within that realm but if I try and push power to higher regions With today's aerodynamics, you can benefit significantly. You can have an opportunity to almost eat your cake and have it too without variable veins because aero has gone a long way. So turbo precision, they have some really good compressor designs that are really, really cool. It's pretty nice, so thank you so much. Best turbo for 1JZ is asked by Liviu. Well, that being said, Liviu, there is one thing I can say to you. Your horsepower potential and also, your goal for the car will determine what turbo it is. So let's say you want to make 1,200 horsepower and it's a Dino Queen. I'll tell you to throw a freaking 83 millimeter on that thing. But what if you want a 500 horsepower and you want to do a drifting or canyon carving where mid-range is very important. I may have you go as small as a 52 millimeter turbo. So it depends on your goal, you know. Uh, oh thank you so much. Um he hates you more. Of course. Indeed. So that gentleman, I don't, I, I don't see him anymore. I removed him from seeing him, so I don't know what he's saying. You know any other cars for sale let's see I have the CRZ that I built uh, for American Honda the first OEM build that we have made 533 horsepower was destroying gearboxes and now we detuned to 350 and it's nice and healthy I have that here for sale so if you want to have a smashing deal um, outside here I have a Viper that we took apart to be able to um, digitize a bunch of stuff with the body and we have the whole components we have the body and everything else like that it's a 2014 Viper um, NA, uh, complete. It doesn't have the front bumper and I think some of the side skirts are not in good shape. Um, I have that as well. It's completely apart but all the parts are here so you can have to assemble it um, and have some, you know, have some fun. Um, you want the minivan? Unfortunately it's not for sale. I do have a CRZ. I do, absolutely. The CRZ is right there. I don't know if you guys can see it. So I'm going to turn around. I'm going to try and grab you guys. and If you look right there, uh, right there. Next to the white car, there's a black CRZ right there. You know? It's pretty cool. You know? Uh, what's the price on the Viper? I probably would let that go because it's already disassembled and it's missing a front bumper and side skirts. I'll probably let it go for like thirty-nine. And bear in mind, those Vipers are like $90,000. So for $39,000, you can take it. It has everything except for the front bumper, side skirts, and seats. But everything else is there, you know? Yeah, stuff in the corner. It's kind of hard to see. Thank you so much, House of Honda. Thank you so much for asking and saying that, you know. What about that Honda? Is it this Honda or the one that just came out of the diner? <laughs> Let me know. Can I get the recipe for the van or is it family secret? Absolutely not. Nissan, it's common knowledge. So go on Hoonigan's page. You know, the recent one where we did, um, I think we did a burnout video. I think I have a whole spill on there. And if you have a hard time, just write to us at sales.beesmo.com. I'll give you the whole... I'll give you the whole breakdown of the van. Whole breakdown. No problem whatsoever. Um, what motors in the minivan is a J35 from Earth Dream. So it's the first generation Earth Dream setup. That's what I have in there. J35 and D. Now we converted it to manual. So it has a gearbox from an Acura TL Type S. CB7. I love CB7s because, you know, I I'm have I'm a soft spot for F22As, you know? When it comes to truck cars, what is a good place to start? So if it's a full road race car, you can go wrong with mid-engines cars. If you're looking at a, a Cayman, a Boxster, you're looking at um, something like the NSX, that's, they're so balanced. If you want something that's rear-wheel drive, you want something where the engine pulls forward quite a bit. Um, if you want something that has tons of aftermarket support, you can't go wrong with S2000. So those are good. If you want a drag race, man, there's so many options out there, you can't go back, <laughs> really a apart, you can't go wrong with the um, Mustang GT. The Camaro with tons of support. And with the amount of money you can put in there, you can make a lot more power and go much faster than you would with front-wheel drive setups. I love front-wheel drives because I love the challenge of them. But wheel drives are a way to drag race, definitely, you know? Any plans to do a sequential or straight-cut gearbox in the Odyssey so it can have max boost? Um, max boost happens already without it. Right now, with the factory gearbox, I do 41 PSI. The problem with the WAG, the um, Odyssey, is traction. So to convert it to all-wheel drive would be the way to go. That would make that thing haul. But, you know, once again, I built that car for American Honda. I got a lot of their support, which is great. Thank you so much, David McFly. I love you, too. This car right here next to me, this blue car that I'm sitting right next to, is the, the revenge car. Is the, I would say, the, the answer to the Odyssey. It has the same power potential. I can make a thousand with this at leisure. Is all-wheel drive and half the weight. So this is the way to go. That, to make all-wheel drive be so invasive and so expensive, it can be done. But... American Honda. I, I just they don't want, they don't want me to do it, so it's going to stay front-wheel drive while I can do whatever I can with the wagon. It's pretty cool. What's up, skillujet Good seeing you. Good Matter of time is CD5. Absolutely, and we can help by all means. Thank you so much, CV7 Accord. You're very kind. I yeah, think I missed a very good question here. Hello, NRH Performance, my good friends and partners. Appreciate you guys. You know, yes, um, it is boost by gear. Absolutely, Jim Gengis is correct. You know. And I hope, Mark 5, that your CD7 breaks the internet as well. I should take the S2K to Hoonigan's new yard. Well, that's, that's uh, the client's car. That's not mine. We just uh, tuned it right now. It's, it did very well, actually. Came in with a tune from another facility and gained another close to 30-wheel horsepower. And it's on uh, flex Fuel, which cool. um, is pretty cool. Is how going to come out with a version of Waggle van? That's a great question. They're supposed to. That has to do with the relationship between Hot Wheels and also Honda. So it's in the cards, but it does take, once again, two years for that to come out. You see the Odyssey that we saw like a couple years ago? That was signed off two years prior. It does take time. So keep our fingers crossed. We'll see what happens, you know? Have I seen the F-22 tuned by PFI? It's a Sip Wagon? Yes, I saw that a long time ago. Some people sent that to me, Mark 5. And I'm not surprised. The F-22 heads flow more stock than most ported B-Series. And you know what B-Series cars make. And then you have the girdle that's very robust, and the, it's just a great engine. So I'm not surprised at all. Mind you, naturally aspirated, we made 435 to the wheels NA years ago with no aftermarket support. So that head, the engine has tons of potential. Do you ever see import drug racing return to its golden years? And what killed it? Well, living that is a great question and one that has tons of speculation. I can share my thoughts on it. Yes, it will come back. Will it be as crazy as back in the day with Battle Imports and Nopi and Naira? Maybe, maybe not. It depends on how much we have to do with it, all of us. Hello, P-Car Talk. Good seeing you. I feel what killed it off was pretty much NHRA getting involved. They brought a lot of politics and a lot of resources where the privateers like you and I couldn't compete. Now, I went there and I always messed up points because I'm crazy. I go in there with technology and I just... I I they hate me they hated me at NHRA Sport Compact. I destroyed things over there. But for the masses, for the majority of people who went there themselves with the car and to the support of their family and their friends and were the basis, the core, the, the the roots of Sport Compact drag Racing couldn't compete with the likes of engineers from GM with their two speed My goodness, what did they have then. There was like uh I'm trying to remember what chassis they had that they were racing there, but GM had like some Crazy front-wheel-drive, two-speed vehicles that, with tons of engineering support. I mean, I'm one engineer, and I did crazy things. Imagine you have a team of six, eight, ten, twelve, and people can compete. Then Ford was there with their craziness, and then Dodge came even with all their resources, and you just wouldn't, you know, just want not do well, you know. Can we get a wagon cold start? Yeah, sure. That's that's easy. Um, I think the keys are here. Let me see if we we'll start. i so I haven't started this up in a week. So let's see. Okay. Oh, my dead. That's what happened when I was fired hard for me. So I think good, I'm so sorry, but my battery's dead. I have to charge it. Chevy Cobalt, thank you, Duran. You're absolutely correct. Chevy came with all the Cobalt, and that was crazy. Um, Albert, I definitely have to put a tender on this, a charger on, this, on the wagon. Battery's dead completely. Yeah. So, um, thank you. That quote is pretty loud. <laughs> it did, Kevin. You're right. It, it pushed a lot of big guys out. And it would be one thing if the wealth was spread, because manufacturers have no problem. I mean, they could have helped more, but it was all about bragging rights and so and so forth. So you know what ended up happening with Sport Compact Drag Racing? I found out that the more that the OEMs came out, each event had fewer and fewer participants because the core, the core of the, of the audience were people who actually came out and brought their families. Good you, thank you so much. So, um, let me tell them one thing. But that was my customer, I just had to say goodbye to him, you know. Thank you so much, it's a loud pump, so it's one of those crazy, um, it's one of those crazy large pumps that can support over a thousand horsepower. Um, I love it, I have that same pump in the waggle van, I have it in this, I have a lower version in the center seat red call. Um, Kind of loud but I kind of like it, it's not too bad, you know. Still waiting on the beast motor glove and steering wheel. Well, I definitely have some conversation with our friends from Momo, you know? Um, How much did it make? So am I at liberty to share what that car makes? Um, Maybe I can. So it came in making, the customer claimed it was over 500, but on my dyno, um, he ended up making, I'll put the post up probably tomorrow. He came in making like 445, not so bad. And he left making close to 480. I think 478 to be exact. So uh, that being said, it made, made some good power leaving here. Um, had some opportunity. The fuel was all over the place. It was really rich in some regions, especially in the high RPMs, and really, really, really lean in the low mid-range place. So, you know, it's challenging, you know? Did you guys manage to hit the 1,000 horsepower line in which car? The only car I have in here that makes 1,000 horsepower to the wheels would be the Odyssey. My blue Porsche in the other showroom makes 850 wheel, which is close to, you know, 8,000 uh, horsepower crankshaft. This makes 772 behind me. Um, that makes 502 on um, 521, sorry. Um, let's see, I don't think there's any other high horsepower cars in this here, and we're still working on this to get it to 500, you know? Why not go with a mechanical fuel pump? Hasn't the technology been improving? Monster, that's a great question, but mechanical fuel pumps still tend to use parasitic drag from the engine to turn it, like a pump. Um, with electric pump, by the way, the pump I have is a very nice one. Um, it uses a mechanical type pump gear, so the, the gears, the vanes are very similar to mechanical one, but use uses an electric motor. That way I don't put any parasitic losses on the engine. My insight does have that, and would you believe that my insight sops up as much as five horsepower in turning that pump? I want five horsepower sometimes, especially if it's a close race, you know? Ah, met me back in the day when I had a DC-4, I lived in lived in Carson. cheers, bro. Well, my friend that had a DC-4 was actually Xavier. So him and I hung out a lot. Um, The DC-4 was my friends. I had the CRX. I had the 88 CRX, which is pretty nice, you know? Have a good one, Denny. Good seeing you. Thank you so much. Still love the Odyssey. Nice, insane car, though. Thank you so much, Carlorism. Appreciate that, indeed. Appreciate the kind words. So right now, um, as you see, Albert's just opened up the front hood of the wagon. Yes, it has a hood now. It's pretty cool. Sorry for you guys on YouTube. You can't see it, so sorry. And um, he's going to put a charger. And hopefully I get to do a cold stop for you guys later on. Thoughts on the 94, 98 Mustang chassis? Really lightweight, especially the Fox bodies. I love those. And I like the look of the older Mustangs too. Um, Combine that with a modern age Coyote with some good power, and you have a match made in heaven. You know? Have you tried an electric AC system so it doesn't take power from the engine? I haven't. I've ordered some, and it's coming, and I'm going to experiment with it this year, this SEMA. So by all means. Um, I'm a huge advocate of that whenever I can, you know? Do an SRT Jeep build, I'd like to. As soon as I get my relationship with ST, um, ST FCA down, I'll be good to go. Um, neon SRT4, great setup. I love the inline four engine, I love the block. I love the, too, the gearbox is pretty robust. Quake makes a limited slip for that as well. Tons of potential. Back in the day, AM had a plug and play ECU for it, which is great, I think it was a series one. But the aftermarket could have supported it more. It was. Just, it was a good base setup. I like that setup, it's pretty cool. What do you think about 4% racing, 2.7 liter K-series engines? I think they're good. Um, Luke, I know, I've know i known him for years. His first InSight, he built after seeing our InSight. And I helped connect him with Progress with his suspension, helped him with his, he bought his uh, first set of wheels from us. So uh, Luke has a history with us. And above and beyond that, um, did the first HDB kit, which is our design. So I like his stuff. I think it's very impressive, you know. Can you explain how the ECU controls AC? Sure, Jim Genghis can, it's very, very simple. If you have a button or a selector on your dashboard that typically sends out a signal, could be 12 volt or ground, to the factory ECU. Hence, alerting the factory ECU to turn on the compressor. Also, activating the fan. Now, the ECU, the factory ECU controls the fan, idle functions, so you have to let it know because as you can imagine, we just talked about it a moment ago, it does give parasitic loss to the engine. If you leave everything alone and just turn the compressor and it puts drag on the engine, it could stall the engine. So button goes, you press the button selector, it activates a sequence in the ECU. ECU knows, hey, AC's on. It raises the idle, turns on the fan to keep the fan nice and cool and to get air flowing through the condenser. And it also activates a clutch that then locks up the compressor and then pumps accordingly. So that's how it happens. And when you turn it off, it does the same thing. Hope that helps. Greetings from Malaysia at Good seeing you as well. Leo, good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining. Appreciate the kind words for, from everyone. Um, thoughts on boosting a D15B VTEC? Do it. If you go on the BC Motor website, on our web store, you'll see tons of parts for it because it has good support and has great potential. The head is very similar to the D6 and Z6, but the lobe separation on the camshaft is much more appealing for high RPM power. And the displacement deficit is not so bad because the cams are pretty badass. So that being said, Valve train, pistons, rods, you can get it. It's a great way to go. And when you pop your hood after waxing some people, they'll be shocked, shocked indeed, about what you had under your hood. You'll think, they'll think it's some crazy B series when that's the case, you know? I've been looking, believe me. Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate the kind words, you know? A street car, what would you choose? High compression, low boost, or low compression, high boost? In a street car, I'd probably do low compression, high boost because... Many times, you don't really know the access to fuel that you may have and also the environment. Um, so that being said, if I had to choose the two, for a car that's on the street and if, you're limita- if, you're, if your vicinity laws allow you to do that, um, by all means, a low-compression high boost will be the way to go. Because you may come across a bad batch of fuel, you may drive on a really, really, really hot day, and hopefully you have a knock control set up in your EC, but if not, it's more reason why the low-compression will be the savior for you. Now, If you were doing something where it wasn't a very often driven car or track only, the throttle response and just the ability to make more power less boost with high compression is amazing, especially when you combine it with very well designed camshafts. Thank you so much for joining, appreciate that, you know? Um, 9.1 VQ35, 2.0-meter turbo too small, 25 PSI. It depends on your power goes up. With a 62 millimeter, 1 VQ, It also depends on your AR, so if you're going to do something where you're you're trying to hover around, and it also depends on the 62 millimeter. is it a billet from a good company like Precision and Turbonetics, is it a cast wheel, so I would assume you're doing a standard billet 62, 62, um, so that being said, if you're going to push towards 5, 600 horsepower, and you use a larger AR, that's good, that's a good one, 660 horsepower, you can do that, you want to go to a larger AR, at least .85 or larger, and you can get there. Especially if it's a T4 application. There you go. 6262, oh, you get it. You can do it. That's perfect. That's a perfect size. You can do it. You have to push it, but you can do it, by all means, you know? 4G63 Evos, I'm so sad those are discontinued. I think they're great. They look really cool, very understated, and have tons of potential and lots of aftermarket support. I think they're good cars. I don't have a relationship with Mitsubishi. The closest thing I have is with Hyundai, and Hyundai tends to use a lot of those parts. So I'm very intimate with 4G63s. Um, they have tons of potential. We've built 4G3-ish setups without much work here in a Hyundai, of course, and we made 7, 800 horsepower. The ports are amazing. Once again, the head has the highest potential for power, so it's absolutely amazing, you know? Why don't we see any brand supporting J-Series? So much potential. I have no idea. I do it. So here at BZ Motor, we make camshafts. We sell tons of those valve train, very cost effective one, pistons, we have rod, custom rods, sleeving services, engine management solutions, tuning solutions, oils, clutches, we support it. What others do, who cares? I mean, people think I'm crazy when I build a single cam, or do a K24Z7, or I build a wagon, or Odyssey. Odyssey. I do what I like, and I think it has tons of potential. If you have a hard time finding parts, we can help you. No big deal, you know? 463 is similar to a 4B11, they're very similar, except the 4B11 head is much more advanced. So the valve train looks a little different. The ports are fairly similar and have good um, potential. And I think the valve heads are slightly different. These are larger on the B11. But they're very similar. Um, also, some, I've seen some generations. I don't know if they're commercially available. I've seen some generations of B11 that um, have variable cam timing, which I couldn't see in the um, uh, 4G63s. K24A2 with 50 VTC, E85, power should be around. Ooh, well, it depends on the health of the engine, the supporting mods. So, I assume you mean a stock setup. Um, I have seen everyone, just to give you a range on a K24A2, I've seen everything from 180, and that's fairly recently, to 230 wheel, naturally aspirated. Thank you so much, 87 Red Porsche, and I appreciate your support, especially with our post chambers, you know? Do I have experience in the pings on a Pingsona 3 and 4 radar engine? So, I don't have experience in building them myself, I've tuned quite a few. Whether, it's a, whether we're looking at 13Bs, um, 20Bs, 24Bs, I have had the opportunity to tune quite a few of them. I love how they sound. I love the fact that they have a very small, how should I say, compact package. So it allows you to do wonderful things in terms of center of gravity. I love how they sound. Some people think they're a popcorn machine, especially if you give a nice peripheral port or, or bridge port on that stuff. It sounds really good. Street ports are cool, but I'm a peripheral bridge guy. I think it's amazing. The fact that it has much... Fewer parts It's one of the things why I love about Wankels. It doesn't have as many parts as you may see in a piston internal combustion engine. That's why I love Wankels. I love I love parts that are very efficient and very few in nature. That's why I love EV stuff and I also love rotaries. But as my relationship continues to mature with that maybe I get to build one and do a ton of stuff. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? You know, whatever turn a Focus RS. Absolutely, if I had an all-wheel drive dyno. But in the meantime, we supply gearboxes, we supply pistons, valve train, camshafts, all that good stuff. But Unfortunately, my dyno here is only a two-wheel drive, so I can only tune two-wheel drive dynos, two-wheel drive setups. When I have a wagon like this, all-wheel drive, or a Porsche 911, I tend to disable the two wheels and have, have at it, you know? Would you say your hub dyno is a heartbreaker dyno? Yes, compared to another one that's fairly popular in the LA Basin. So, for example, this gentleman came in here from another hub dyno, and he made 500 wheel. But when he came here, guess what he started making? Not even 450. So, that being said... Not all dinos are created equal. As long as you leave better than he came in. When he came in, his fuel trims were horrible. He was the EC was pulling 40, percent fuel in cruising. How crazy is that? You know? And by the time he left, his corrections at 1-2%. Then he came in saying, oh, I made 500 horsepower to the wheels, but it made four, and, and he did from another dyno. And mine showed a good 60 horsepower deficit, 50, 60 horsepower deficit. But when he left, he gained a good close to 30 horsepower, which is great, you know? Um, Oh, that's good to know, Kevin, I didn't know that. That's great, that's great, you know? I'd love to see a supercharged 4, that sounds freaking cool. Of course Kevin loves a Focus RS. Don't you have an ST, Kevin? And on that note, I have to fly. So guys, it was a slice of heaven. It's good seeing you here today, and thank you so much for your great questions, and for all your support of my Tech Tuesdays up to this 92nd episode. Next week, I will be in Miami, but guess what? Even though I'm going to be learning, I will be in class. I will leave class and come interact with all of you guys. So wish me the best. Look forward to seeing all of you guys. I'll put this up right now on Instagram, and it will be up for another, I would say, 24 hours. And then I will also upgrade to your favorite podcasting, so you can listen to what we did today um, through Spotify. You can listen to it on Anchor, um, Podbean iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. So the class I'm taking is to be able to allow me to analyze factory ECMs, pull data from it, and modify coordinated tune factory cars without a standalone. So that's what I'm doing, you know? So that being said, guys, have a good one. Hello, Zach. I went by your house yesterday, but you went around. But Dad took care of me. Take care, everyone. Cheers. Bye-bye.